When someone begins to question their faith, the last thing church leaders want to do is say the wrong thing or handle it in a way that will further push them away. With so many historical concerns or doctrinal questions, what is a leader supposed to do? I'm happy to report that Leading Saints is here to help with the Questioning Saints Library. This is a full library of 20 plus presentations related to how to minister to an individual who is questioning their faith. We cover topics like how to answer tough questions, maintaining a relationships when someone leaves the church, and how to embrace doctrinal ambiguity. If you want to review all the sessions from the Questioning Saints Library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org 14. So my name is Kurt Frankum, and I am the founder and executive director of Leading Saints and obviously the host of the Leading Saints podcast. Now, I started Leading Saints back in 2010. It was just a hobby blog, and it grew from there. By the time uh, 2014 came around, we started the podcast, and that's really when it got some uh, traction and took off. Uh, 2016, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we've been growing ever since. And now I get the opportunity of an of interviewing and talking with remarkable people all over the world. Now, this is a segment we do on the Leading Saints podcast called How I Lead. And we reach out to everyday leaders. They're not experts, gurus, authors, PhDs. They're just everyday leaders who've been asked to serve in a specific leadership calling. And we simply ask them, how is it that you lead? And they go through some remarkable principles that should be in a book, that should be behind a PhD. They're, uh, they're usually that good. And uh, we just talk about uh, sharing what the other guy's doing. And I remember being a leader, just simply wanting to know, okay, I know what I'm trying to do, but what's the other guy doing? What's working for him? And so that's why every Wednesday or so, we publish these How I Lead segments to share. Judy Clemens, welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. Great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, this is probably um, I guess comes full circle for you a little bit. You've been listening to the Leading Saints for quite a few years. Do you remember when you started listening? Um, I'm I'm guessing it was probably about five years ago. I came across the Questioning Saints Summit, and that kind of reeled me into this. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that that was five years or so ago, and um, now it's part of our, our expansive library that uh, people can still watch it. Really, really helpful content there, and uh, twenty plus interviews and whatnot. So, and then from that uh, from that uh, virtual conference, you just kept uh, kept listening to the podcast. Yeah, 
it just fed my soul. So I kept listening. Oh, nice. Well, that's what I like to hear. I love, we'll keep feeding Judy's soul here and keep creating content. So, um, and then we met at, uh, the restore conference in 2022 uh-huh. and uh, you, I had a booth there and you came up and introduced yourself. Uh, and do you remember how that conversation went? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, was just excited to tell you that I was one of your listeners who, was able to um, take my ideas um, and that a calling was created for me to be able to implement the ideas that I had and the inspiration that I had received much from your podcast. That's cool. And I was just so inspired by that. And we exchanged information and and stayed in touch after that. And, And you, as many people know, every week I put out a newsletter that people should definitely subscribe to. And uh, I, I often share just perspectives or thoughts or inspirations I had. And I had uh, one, uh, you led me to write this uh, newsletter that I titled, Be Like Judy. So <laughs> were you expecting that to land in your no, email box? I was very honored. <laughs> Thank you so much. Nice. Well, I'm going to hurry and just read through that because it's short. And I think it'll, it'll frame our, our discussion further here. But um, I wrote, I typically write this newsletter for the general Leading Saints audience. However, this week... I need to speak to one person in particular. You know who you are. You see, I was reminded of you when I met Judy a few weeks ago at a conference. She approached me with excitement and shared with me how leading saints has inspired her to lead. What followed was not a story where a calling came from a bishop or stake president to lead with a title. It was a call from the Spirit of God. And you, the person this newsletter is for, know the sound of that voice. You have been sitting in the pews of your local ward for a while, knowing you are supposed to step up. You have been given the idea that needs to be explored. You just need to take the next step. That's that's what Judy did. She decided not to ignore the invitation anymore and set up an appointment with her stake president. She then explained to him the need she saw in the stake. Fulfilling, fulfilling uh, Fulfilling this would require a unique calling that you don't find in the handbook. The stake president listened and then took the step to create the calling which magnified Judy's influence in her local stake. The calling that was created and the influence Judy had going forward isn't as important as the fact that she heard the call and stepped up. So back to you. You can't dismiss those promptings to lead anymore. It's an invitation from God. You can't wait around for a traditional calling to come your way. That's no excuse. Take the next step. Talk to who needs to be talked to and then lead. I'm excited for you to email me later and tell me the story of your unique calling and the difference you are making in the kingdom of God. That was the end of my newsletter. And so that, that, I don't know if I uh, exaggerated your story at all or whatnot, but maybe just uh, step into that newsletter message and tell us the real story. What happened behind the scenes uh, as far as you feeling called, even though it wasn't an official title or calling? Yeah, well... Probably what I'd like to say is most of this got started because um, two of my children have um, stepped away from the gospel. And I think that that's what drew me to the to the summit, um, because I wanted to understand all of the different reasons why people are leaving the church and trying to understand what I can do better as a disciple of Christ and as a mother who loves my children. And so I just listened for years and years, right? And as primary president, I would listen for things that I could use. And then I um, just over the years, I just 
had all of these ideas and just felt so inspired and really saw how my testimony grew, how my heart expanded, um, and how my understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ expanded as well. And so um, over the years, I just thought if I was ever called to this calling, this is what I would do. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had just kind of a running list of what I wanted to do. And um, so it just, I thought, you know, if people could hear from people who are different than themselves, then I just think that there would just be so much opportunity for growth and we would just be able to expand expand our hearts and minds. And um, so anyway, I had been in a calling and felt like I had an opportunity opportunity to do that on a ward level. And um, anyway, there were some barriers that came up and I wasn't able to carry out those ideas. Um, and I was, I was saddened by that. And, um, and so I just kind of sat on it and I had to quickly learn how to forgive um, from some of the situations that happened with that. And I really believed that the ideas that I had were inspired. And so I, I just had to trust the process. And um, so I kind of sat with it and it was in February of 2022 that um, someone was telling me about something our state president had approved. Um, and he's a pretty progressive state president. <laughs> and I, I all of a sudden just had this idea, I need to take my idea to the state president. And so I, um, I sent him an email and just said, um, told him who I was. I told him I wasn't asking to be the Stake Relief Society president or, that I, you know, <laughs> to I had been the stake activities uh, director in the past. And I wasn't asking for that calling again, but that I just had ideas and that I that I thought would really be helpful for our stake and um, and said, if you want to hear, then I would love to share my ideas with you. And if not, like I won't leave the church, I won't. <laughs> lose my testimony, um, but that I just felt prompted to share my ideas with them. And uh, to my surprise, um, within a few days, he responded and said, I'd really love to talk to you and hear what you hear what you have to say. Mm. And so I um, went, they made an appointment. I went in and sat with them for, I think, a good solid hour and just shared my enthusiasm uh, for my ideas. And um and he said, you know, let me think about this and I'll be in touch. And so that's kind of how it got started. Wow. That's inspiring. And, and I mean, just the fact that, and, and well, let me ask in that, in that email, did you share the ideas with them or you just said you had several ideas? I just told them I had ideas that okay. would really help strengthen women that would help strengthen members in our stake to, yeah. yeah I don't think I went into any detail in what those ideas yeah. were. Yeah. And I just love, I mean, just the, it's inspiring that type, when you see that type of leadership from your stake president, that um, he was just willing to, to hear you out. Right. And yeah. I guess the principle I want to highlight here is that, you know, I often frame it just like I did in this email. There, there are individuals in the church who feel like they want to have more influence. They want to have their voice heard. Um, but oftentimes they don't have like the calling that requires them to go to the meetings where that voice can be heard. And I, I frame these these people as the leadership class. And that means it's individuals who don't necessarily have a leadership calling. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they have this deep desire to have influence in building the kingdom of God. And 
as leaders, as official leaders, if they if they dismiss that voice or suppress it, I mean, it's just I mean, there's such there's such a resource that you can use and leverage in, in reaching your own goals and whatnot that it's it's almost the simplest thing of just hearing them out, right? Now, mm-hmm. maybe your ideas, you know, let's imagine an alternative universe. Maybe they're like crazy ideas and like and not very good ideas and things that your stake president doesn't want to do anyways. But just the fact of that he would sit down with you and listen mm-hmm. uh, meant a lot, right? Yeah, it meant so much. In fact, really, at that point, I was I was ready for him to come back and say, those are great ideas, but, you know, yeah. so like I, I didn't go into this with an agenda other than I felt a prompting to share. Right. Yeah, that's that's a crucial point to, yeah. to have there. And, 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 you know, there may be a stake present listening to this thing, you know, Kurt, Judy, like I don't have all the time in the world just sit mm-hmm. down with people and listen to their ideas, but they, he could have even come back to you and said, hey, I'm going to have you meet with so-and-so on the stake high council. And will you discuss them together and see what comes of it, right? And again, yeah. you're still feeling like you're being heard, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's really what mattered most to me at yeah. that point was just to feel heard. Cool. All yeah. right, what happens next in the story? You meet with your stake president? So I met with my stake president. He took some notes and then he said he wanted to meet with the other members of the stake presidency and he'd get back to me. And how long was that meeting? Do you remember? Uh, my meeting with him was a good, probably a good solid hour. And okay. I, I mean, you can tell I get excited, right? Like, <laughs> like when I met you, that's like yeah. the same enthusiasm that I took to him. And, um, so it was a couple weeks later and he called me in again and I came in with, I had come up with an idea for like, I don't know, I, I had a title idea, I think. And, you know, and I was ready to like, support someone in doing something right i didn't really know i didn't really know what i was going in for and uh when i went in he just said um we sat down and he said i said you know i you know i'm excited to talk about this this is like some ideas i had and i gave him a little bit more detail and and he said well he says we've talked about it and he said is what i would really like to do is i'd like to extend a calling to you and create a calling for you so that you could go ahead and implement all your ideas. Hmm. And like, I was like over the moon, right? I was like, (laughs) seriously? And so he extended the calling of stake devotional coordinator. And um, let's go back a little bit. I mean, what were the, was this, was this the idea of being the stake devotional coordinator was was that the idea that you shared with him or was there 10 ideas but this was just one of them um i had multiple ideas and he just gave me he just told me i could implement them all and um within this calling and so which um i've been into it a little over a year now and so i've run into some barriers along the way right um but the core of it was to be able to bring um, to do informal devotionals mm-hmm. and, um, and bring them. So we do them on a Friday night and it's called the listen, love and learn devotional series for Cottonwood Heights. Um, and I bring, we have typically topics that we address. And it was interesting because I was very, I had very clear, a very clear vision of like the order that I needed to start these devotionals. So the first one was on mental health. Uh, the second one was on understanding and loving our LGBT family, friends, and neighbors. 
Um, and then those are the first two I knew needed to take place. Nice. And, and so um, the, the, yeah. the main idea was just you wanted to have some type of devotional or meeting or opportunity for people to gather and just talk about maybe some difficult uh, topics in the yeah. context of the church, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's more of hearing them. I think when um, we come and we listen to people who have experiences that perhaps we're facing in our families or with our friends. Yeah. And hear from that perspective, maybe you, it's hard to have that conversation sometimes when it's with someone you love, right? Yeah. And so to be able to come and hear from another person's perspective. And then, um, and so I had, I had like, it came up with a whole um, purpose statement of what every single devotional was supposed to be. And, um, and so the purpose of everyone is to create connection, to remember that we are not alone in our experiences. We are all God's children. Seek understanding, hear personal stories of those with experiences different from our own. Provide learning. Take time to learn about other people's experiences so you can show up, love, and support each other in meaningful ways. Maya Angelou said, when we know better, we do better. And then um, most importantly, testify of Christ take time to learn about other people's experiences so we can, excuse me, uh, testify to the healing power of Jesus Christ and demonstrate how we allow our experiences to bring us closer to him. And so that those are the guidelines for every single devotional. And that's my purpose statement. Nice. Cool. So th they give you this official calling uh, mm -hmm. to, as the stake devotional coordinator uh -huh. and uh and then they just say run with it or any other direction yeah. or guidance that they gave you or yeah pretty much run with it so he told me that i would report directly to him uh to the stake president and that anyone who i wanted to bring in outside of the stake um he would need to call and get cleared by their bishop mm -hmm. uh, before they came so my responsibility was to tell him to pass my ideas by him and then go ahead and um, and tell who, you know, let him know who I wanted to come speak. Um, and then he would clear them and we would kind of approve it and move forward that way. Nice. And, and so this was aimed to be on a Friday night? Yeah, we do it okay. on a Friday night so people can be casual. And I was a little nervous because um, I wanted it to not feel like a regular um, Sunday hmm. devotional. So I initially I was like kind of walking on eggshells because I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't do anything that would like ruin this. Right. So <laughs> yeah, I like, we gave you a chance, Judy, and then <laughs> yeah, you went real. and, and, and told went. everybody to come in, in Levi's. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to make sure we had permission to have it in the chapel. He said it was fine. We could do it in the chapel. People could be casual. Um, I wanted to use other Christian music rather than um, just, LDS church music. So mm -hmm. I usually have music playing as people are coming in. Um, and, yeah, and this is like you were playing this music. It's not like you, people were singing it, right? No, like, not no. like hymns so we or just have yeah. it um, kind of in the background. And then, um, and then we just go ahead and we, you know, open with an opening prayer and I do a little introduction and then we like head right into the speakers. Um, and then he has the opportunity or a member of the stake presidency who was ever overseeing that devotional has an opportunity to kind of make some comments at the end if they want to. And then we have a closing prayer. And nice. what was kind of amazing about it is 
before the first one, I had a few people that came to me and said, is this going to be recorded? And um, I wasn't really planning on that. I feel like we had just come off of COVID and everything was online. And I thought I just wanted to get people back in the same room again. I felt mm -hmm. like there, there was a lot of power in that, right? But um, I thought, you know, let's go ahead and see if we can't figure this out. And, you know, just by the grace of God, like I was able to connect with someone in the state who does all of those recordings. And so we started a YouTube channel. And so we've been able to record them and offer them online uh, nice. for people who couldn't come or, you know, weren't available that night or whatever, yeah. if they want to share them with family or friends. So these are, uh, is it on, on a Friday evening? Is it once a, once a month, one, one Friday uh, a month? No, we usually do it about once a quarter. So oh, okay. I did, I did, um, I did three adult ones last year and one youth one. Oh, great. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so that's a, uh, again, this isn't like this heavy, like program or, or mm -hmm. effort that you're putting on the stake, right? It's like, Hey, why don't yeah. we just have a devotional once a quarter and call it good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. was kind of interesting. I think, um, so just to maybe shed a little light on me, I'm, I am a person who, um, I feel like I come with big ideas, probably with most things that I want to do. And I think, um, I, I sense that sometimes people think she, she can never do that. You know, mm. <laughs> she's not going to follow through on that. <laughs> and so it, I find a lot of joy in trying and proving people wrong about me. Right. <laughs> and um, and being able to bring something that's really quality to the table. And so I think that that's kind of what happened on that first one that I did. Um, it was on mental health and it, I was able to get people within our stake, actually people I knew personally. One was a physician who had struggled with. Uh, uh, depression during COVID. And he came and he had been hospitalized for a period of time. He was willing to come and share his experience. And then a friend of mine whose husband died by suicide um, about three, I don't know, three or four years ago at that time, it was two or three years prior to that, uh, came and talked about suicide. Um, and then uh, our stake president had, we have the Catholic churches right next to us our stake building. And he had gone to a meeting and actually met a woman from the Catholic church who was um, heavily involved in, um, who's a state administrator for suicide and, pro, uh, and mental health and suicide prevention. I can't remember what her title is, but something like that. And um, so she offered to come as a professional to kind of give her perspective on that. And so that was the only devotional that we opened it up to questions um, because we actually had a professional rather than people who just have their own personal experience to answer questions. Yeah. So you said something there that I just want to sit with for a minute because I know people are listening to that and can resonate that you said, I don't know exactly how to put it, but I'm the type of person that comes with big ideas. Mm. And for whatever reason, and it's not necessarily just our faith tradition, but I'll speak in the context of that, but that can be, um, people can feel shame in that, like a lot of shame when they feel like, man, I have some big ideas I want to share. Like, I feel like we can do more. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, Judy, like stay in your lane. Like, don't be aspiring or, you know, keep it to yourself and, you know, don't get too big, too, too big for your britches type of, you know, and so you, you sort of shrink down. And so I just want to highlight that, that the leadership class out there, they, 
they are going to naturally have big ideas that they want to contribute. And you should never feel shame of wanting to share those and, and yeah. reaching for those, reaching for the stars in the context of your, your word and stake and helping it improve. And again, at the end of the day, the stake presence could say, wow, Judy, that's a big idea, but thanks, but no thanks. Right. Yeah. And, and move on. And so I just don't, I just hope we can reiterate that, that people shouldn't feel shame for having big ideas that, um, cause some people have more creative minds than others. Right. Yeah. And, and they need to put those forward because we're all part of the body of Christ and, and we should all contribute by, by sharing those things. So yeah, really absolutely. Um, tell me you, you've any other of the, any other topics you've covered that, uh, that you haven't mentioned yet? Um, well, so, and then the next one was understanding and loving our LGBT fam family, friends and neighbors. Um, and that's cool. actually been the most viewed, um, uh, YouTube video that we have. Mm -hmm on our site. And then the, the last one that we did last year, um, came about from people coming to me and saying, if you ever want to talk about this, like I would be happy to come and speak to this. Oh, cool. And so that was, um, so it was kind of, a um, I called it the complexities of life. And we had, um, a woman in our state who has, um, several children with autism. And she came and spoke to what that's like raising children and being a mother. Oh, wow, great. Navigating that, which was beautiful. And then we had a gentleman who struggled with scrupulosity. Mm. Um, and he shared his experience with that. And then we had a third person who um, I found, I thought it was rare to have a man who was really vulnerable and open when he's going through um, disappointment in life. He was going through a divorce and he was very open about talking about it. So I, that one was called navigating disappointment. And so it was kind of a mishmash of the, of topics on that one. And then we have one coming up this March. So March 17th. And that one is called, um, <laughs> that one is called always in his watchful care. And we have, um, we have, Bennett and Becky Borden. Oh yes, that nice. have been on your podcast and many yeah. others. Um, I came, I kind of crossed paths with her probably about six years ago in her ward, um, at a time when my son was um, he was living in that area and trying to come back to church, and we had gone to visit, and um, I knew that it was right after that they after they had spoken at the um, North Star Conference. And I was sitting next to her mother and I knew something was happening and I didn't know their story, but I was really um, interested in learning more about them. And it, it probably wasn't until about two years later that I finally came across their pod, uh, came across that North Star conference where I was able to listen to it. So I'm really excited. I, for me, their story, I mean, their story is a lot of different things, right? And, and they speak a lot, uh, at, to, you know, at the North Star Conference and everything, right? But for me, is what that spoke to me is just how much God loves all of his children and he's always watching over them and that there's always a way back. And as a mother with children who have chosen different paths for a time, that gives me so much hope. And I 
so I've been really excited. I've kind of been holding this one on, you know, to like bring this out, you know, <laughs> yep, at the exact the heavy moment. hitters, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, we're super excited to have that one on March 17th. That's cool. And, um, we've decided one of the, my stake president came to me at the beginning of the year, we sat down and had a discussion of, you know, some of the things he wanted me to do moving forward. Um, I think for the most part, we were already doing them, but one he said is he wanted them to be offered, online at the time that it's actually happening so that people can watch live, um, which was kind of always available, we, but we didn't really advertise it that way. We typically have about 90 to 100 people come to these devotionals hmm. in person. And um, and I just wanted to make sure that we have a, you know, have a, a live audience when people come to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. And it's one of those things that sometimes we force people to be there in person or we want them to be because it feels like it's more successful. But yeah. and as long as the message gets out there, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're recording this and just you and I here. It's not like, yeah. oh man, only Judy showed up to this. Uh, <laughs> but it, obviously we're going to broadcast and many yeah. will, will listen. So t tell me just about some of the technicalities of like uh, like YouTube. So your stake has created a YouTube channel and then you put them on there. Are they, are they public videos? Do you keep them just yes. unlisted or how, how does that work? They're public videos. Okay. So we could share the link of, of some yes, of these. Okay. I would love that. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, and that I think that'll be good. Just you know, you can model how you do it. And I, I guess I I just hope people are inspired by this. That they there's just so many resources. Whether no matter where you are in the the in the the world, right? Mm -hmm. That in your community you can find people. It's going yeah. to give, bring such an enriching message. And so don't just be like, oh, great, Judy did all the work. We'll just send this link to the stake. I mean, sure, you could. But um, yeah. but there's this 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 community effort, right, in yeah. doing something like that. Like we're gathering together to talk about this topic. And there's just this natural empathy in, in the culture that comes up when it's like, you know, this stake, we have these devotionals because we want, you know, to talk, bring dialogue to these con to these topics because they're yeah. important to us, right? And that that really can change a culture. Yeah, and I just feel like um, I I like to listen to other people, and I felt like these are the topics that people are talking about, mm -hmm. and that typically won't be discussed in a church meeting on Sunday. Yeah, and so that's really what I was these just these sensitive topics that we can bring to a church forum that are supported by our leaders, you know, and our, our, our local leaders, right? I have to be really clear when I yeah. do anything <laughs> that we don't represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. But um, I feel like they're all just closely aligned and truly things that have helped inspire and help me build my own testimony in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so these uh, Friday nights, uh, what time do you usually start the devotional? Uh, seven o'clock and okay. we kind of played with the time. The first one we did, um, because we did the Q and a at the end, it w ended up going a little over two hours. So okay. it was, wow. it was long and people told me it was a little too long. <laughs> uh, we got <laughs> the next one. We pulled it back to an hour and a half and still, I had some feedback that that was still a little too long. And yeah. I, I don't know, I kind of like the power of three speakers. Right. But apparently, um, so anyway, this next one, we've decided to just keep it to an hour or an hour ish. And I mean, I'm not really as, um, uptight about that time. I just kind of, you know, I figure I usually give them like 20, 
five minutes per person to speak. And then we have an opening and closing. Yeah. And so, um, so we just, I think part of it is just when I feel really, I have really clear insight into what I need to do. And I, I've learned to trust that as my own personal inspiration of hearing him. That's what I, I really, because it becomes so clear in my head. Yeah. And so when I follow that inspiration, then I trust the process from there. And I turn it over to the Lord that whatever people are going to say in that meeting is exactly what was supposed to be said and that the people who need to hear it will hear it. Yeah. So that's powerful. Um, so Friday nights started at seven and you're sort of playing with the time hour and a half, uh, two hours, maybe too long. <laughs> do you do like, and I would imagine some people use this. I mean, date, date night yeah. is Friday night, right? So yeah. you probably get a lot of couples showing up and, and that's well, a great way to spend time yeah, together. That's what I was kind of hoping initially. And uh -huh. I think I've been a little surprised. Um, I, I, what I'm finding is that it's, I mean, we have a good variety, but it's usually a little heavier on the on the older side, which has yeah. been really amazing to me. I think perhaps maybe some younger couples who have children are having a hard time, you know, I mean, getting away and finding babysitters or whatever. I'm not really sure. But um, I think, um, I mean, I get really good feedback and um, and the people who come are just kind of blown away by the experience. Um, of being able to come and talk so openly and frankly about um, really sensitive topics in the yeah. gospel. And speaking of sensitive topics, is there anything you do as you as you uh, you know market it that or, or announce it? You know, do you put an age limit or just let them know what the topic is? So maybe um, they shouldn't bring teenagers, or they should, or leave the young kids at home, or. Yeah, I have an age limit of eighteen or older, unless I I provide flyers and we do posters. And, mm -hmm. um, so typically it's an 18 plus crowd. Cool. Yeah. And then you, but you did a youth one. How'd that go? The youth one was fantastic. Um, it was, um, I'm trying to remember his name that was on your podcast as well. Smith Alley came oh, yeah. up to yeah. our youth. Um, we had about 140 youth and leaders in that particular, uh, fireside that one we did it, um, on the, uh, we included like a pizza party, <laughs> Oh, cool! you know, and so we had pizza and then it was informal and that one went really well. And so that was, yeah, one, Smith's great. That was younger. Yeah. Yeah. And he's leaving for his mission here soon. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. Awesome. He was great. Um, and so do you typically do refreshments? Uh, not for the adults. Okay. So you no. just give the content then they can linger if they want, but uh, yeah. once it's over, it's over. Yeah. And I, I find that they usually want to speak to the, you know, our guest speakers and, yeah. you know, people kind of talk about the topic and linger a little afterwards to talk to one another. But part of it was, I didn't, I don't know if I wanted that added stress of how many people are going to show yeah. up and how many people do we need oh, to man, be. That's so important. Yeah. yeah. And so our stake president was really supportive if I ever wanted to do that, that I could do that. But I've kind of shied away from, from that uh, because it's just, an added element that I don't know that it really contributes yeah. and it's not really needed. And, um, and really for the most part, I've been, you know, organizing these, um, this year I've, I have gotten someone from each ward to kind of be my advocate in their ward, you know, to help get the flyers out. Um, 
and to help advertise, just speak to their ward, maybe listen for what topics are, you know, of interest in their, from their ward members or people who were in their ward who might be really good speakers that could speak to a certain topic. So maybe solicit a little bit more feedback from the different wards. And yeah. then also on this next devotional, I think we did with the LGBTQ devotional as well as we did invite neighboring stakes and um, and sent that out to neighboring stakes to invite them to join oh, us. Great. Man, that, that's such a crucial principle because like we talk about big ideas, right? Mm -hmm. um, but big ideas don't have to be complicated and you can mm -hmm. really keep them simple, right? Yeah. And you can do 80% more work for just 20% more you know, benefit or, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, you could do the refreshments, right. But that's going to be probably 80% more work for yeah. just a little bit of increase of, of benefit. So just keep it simple. Um, it can still be a big idea. You're still having impact. You know, I just love that, that no refreshments, we keep it straightforward. It's once a quarter, right. And it's just simple, but so impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what else, uh, any other concept or perspective or detail as you've taken on this effort that we need to mention before we wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I just really feel like when we feel inspired to bring our ideas to the table and we take them to the Lord, mm -hmm. I think, um, I just, I have this, I, well, I really believe that we can bring whatever we have to the Lord and he can magnify that. And so I have really seen that my gifts and talents, my personal gifts and talents lend well to this. Um, I've just had different experiences in my life that have, um, I do all my own flyers. So I'm a graphic designer. Uh -huh. I have done, you know, through work, I did um, conferences. And so I kind of learned how to organize some things like that. And so I felt like the goal was to provide as quality of a product as possible. And then the, and then it'll catch fire. Yeah. And I'll, and, and so anyway, that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, the, what was I going to ask? Um, any, um, so I mean, or do you have any other, uh, any other ideas that you'd love to see come to fruition or, or anything you're working on or that's percolating? Um, not right now. I think I've, I've scaled back a little bit. I'm now the gospel doctrine teacher. And so I get to bring my ideas to the gospel doctrine class, like from the standpoint of how I would like to see gospel doctrine taught. Yeah. And so that's super exciting. Like I said, I really believe that any calling that we're given, we can go ahead and bring our enthusiasm and our ideas to, to that calling. Um, that's kind of been my motto. I kind, I have a philosophy essentially that if I really want to do something, I don't need to be called to do it. And so even with ministering, like if there's people who I really want to visit and connect with, um, I don't actually have to be called to be their ministering sister in order to do that. And so I, I just feel like whatever we really want to do, whatever we feel called to do, we can find a way to do it. Love it. Well, um, we'll definitely put the link to, um, what's the name of the YouTube channel that you do? It's called, uh, listen, love, learn, brighten steak. Perfect. 
Awesome. We'll put the link there if people want to get a, a, an idea, get a flavor of these these uh, Friday night devotionals that happen. Um, and last question I have for you, Judy, is as you reflect on your time as a leader, maybe as a leader without an official title, I guess until it was given to you, but how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Well, I just, I just love my Savior so much. And I just want to take all that I've been given and all of my gifts and talents to glorify him. And um, I just feel like I've just been blessed tremendously to have different resources that have just speak to my heart and inspire me and help me to move that work along. That concludes my interview with Judy Clemens. A big shout out to her for being so willing to come on here and share of uh, her experience of stepping up and, and leading. And, uh, you know, after we stopped the recording, she wanted to make sure she sort of regretted not highlighting all the people who have helped her in this journey that, that she didn't want it to come across as some one person effort. Uh, her husband, family and friends, the state presence she works with, audiovisual specialists. I mean, with all of these things, that, I think that's another core principle is when someone feels inspired to step up and lead, maybe outside the norm, other people are going to hear that call as well and jump in and help you. And so, yep, this wasn't just a Judy effort. This was a Judy and team effort with so many people who have uh, helped her make this possible. So go check out uh, that YouTube channel, the good work they're doing. And uh, again, Judy, thank you so much for being a part of uh, this podcast and sharing your leadership experience. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense and share it with somebody who could relate to this, this experience. And this is how we, how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them and uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. And there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. Remember to access the Questioning Saints library for 14 days. Visit leadingsaints.org slash 14. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness, the loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.